I am uh, absolutely thrilled to be here today to talk about two things. Uh, we're going to talk about the direction in the future of Impact Training Institute, uh, ITI for short, and the transition from Freedom Training Center into Impact Training Institute. So I'm just going to talk for just a moment about uh, Impact Training Institute, formerly Freedom Training Center, as, as many of you already know it. Uh, Freedom Training Centers uh, developed a vision, and that vision is now part of Impact Training Institute. And that vision is very simply to equip you, the believers, to affect kingdom transfer transformation within your spheres of influence. And that's, that's our heart, that's our desire. In every single seminar, in every single course, our desire and our heart is to deliver on that message in three ways. Number one, every single course that you attend uh, or every class that you come to in Freedom Training Institute, <laughs> excuse me, it's hard for me even to remember sometimes, Impact Training Institute will be, number one, to activate you in every single class. That will be via participation, uh, but in some way you will walk away being activated within the class, the course, the direction uh, that the particular event is taking us. Second, uh, we will always point to Jesus. We will always point to the kingdom. Uh, each class is not an autonomous unit. It is part of the kingdom and we operate from the kingdom. And that message will be delivered in every single class. What did Jesus do and how did Jesus operate? And can we see Jesus in this message so that we can begin to operate from that perspective as well? Uh, the last thing that we will begin talking about uh, is our mandate. So every single training session that you attend will be followed by some form of a mandate or a commission because when we learn things, we are then held responsible for the knowledge of those things. And walking our daily life out in our spheres of influence means that we put those things into practice. If it's not practiced, uh, it goes unused and therefore falls off the plate. And what I desire for each and every one of us is so that we pick up our passions, we pick up our purposes, and we begin to do them within our spheres of influence on a daily basis once we walk out of the class or the training seminar that we were hosting. So those are the three components that we'll begin talking about. Uh, now our goal is from these classes, from these courses and seminars, to create a ripple effect. So, so one of us gets it. One of us gets it, or 12 of us, or 15 of us, or 50 of us that attend a seminar. We, we get it, and we walk out with that commission, but it doesn't stop with us. That commission then goes to the next person that you meet, and then to the next person that you meet. Remember, God lives within us, and I'm getting, I've got to stay right here. God lives within us, and these messages that we receive and that we get from these classes uh, should flow out from us every single day in our spheres of influence. The, the work that we do, the ministry that we do, the people that we interact with. I have a saying that when we meet somebody, when we interact with somebody for the very first time, they're going to walk away with something from that meeting. I want that something to be a vision of who Jesus is in my life. And if they walk away without that, then they're walking away with something that's, that I don't want them to walk away with. And so just remembering that, uh, we put that into our classes and that responsibility becomes ours. And so as you attend Freedom Training Center, excuse me, Impact Training Institute, <laughs> I'll, I'll get it, I'll get it. <laughs> Impact Training Institute. Uh, I encourage you all to sign up and register as we do classes. Right now we are registering and signing up for Dr. Hope Taylor. Uh, and he'll be doing a 
course at the end of this month, and his heart is for the government, for the nations, to see transformation in Washington, in our executive leadership of this country, and to see things changed, transformed, and restored. And he's going to be here on the 26th doing a seminar. And uh, if you'd like more information, please grab a flyer out on our Guest Connect table. And uh, we're currently taking registrations. Uh, This leads me into my next discussion. Registrations are taking place on our new website. That website is iti.training. So this is a a new way to browse the internet. Uh, It's a .training uh, domain, really, is what it is. And so uh, don't go to .com. And you'll see that, uh, that you'll be able to register there. That website is live now and is available for use at this moment. All right, so I encourage you to go to that website, sign up for Dr. Hope Taylor. This is going to be a powerful session. All right, what I'd like to do next is actually just begin by bringing you my message this evening or this afternoon. We're going to talk today about your, your purpose, our purpose in life. And uh, although some of this message may seem rudimentary, uh, what I want to get into us is that each and every single one of us was designed with unique purpose, unique gifts, unique um, personalities, unique identities that only us and only we can accomplish. All right, those of us in this church and this body right now have a unique mix, have unique gifts, have unique personalities and styles. But together, we have a uniqueness as the body of Antioch. And so, uh, and so corporately speaking, we can accomplish only what God wants us to accomplish when we all individually understand our purpose and our passion and our giftings. And so that's what I'd like to talk to you about this, well, this morning, really. So if you could, please, turn with me in your Bibles, and we'll start in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 24. And as I'm doing that, uh, the ushers uh, should have passed out uh, index cards by now. So does everybody have an index card? Does anybody not have an index card? Okay. What about pens? I think we need pens too. So Isaiah chapter 14, 24 and 27. It begins by saying that the Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I have planned, so it will happen. And as I have purposed, so it will happen. Verse 26 says, this is the plan determined for the whole world. This is the hand stretched out over all the nations. For the Lord Almighty has purposed. Who can thwart him? His hand is stretched out, and who can turn it back? Now, I understand the context of this is not necessarily purpose and destiny. But what I want to draw out of this particular passage is that when God has purposed something, when God has created something, he put his hand to something, and he set something on a path, that that thing will be accomplished because nothing can thwart him. Go back to it. It says, who can thwart him? When his hand is stretched out, who can turn it back? The implication here is no one. It is impossible to turn God's hand back once he has made up his mind and once he has determined a purpose and a path for something. Okay, let's uh, follow with me here. and Let's turn now to Psalms 139.16, please. Psalms 139.16, a very familiar passage to all of us. And this says that your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days for me ordained were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts. How vast the sum of them. What this is saying is that our purpose has been written in a book. God took a pen. He sat down at his, at his writing table. He pulled out his moleskin. Okay, and he wrote your name at the top of the page. And he wrote out everything for you. This is, this is what... 
This is what Dan is going to do in his perfect version of his life because the, only he can accomplish that, okay? This is what Jesse can do when he, when he puts his mind to his passion and his purpose, and only he can do that. Nobody else can accomplish that because I'm giving this to him. And he wrote everything down, every last detail, and he put that in the book. Now that book sits on a library in heaven somewhere. And our job is to look at that book and discover what's written inside. That's our purpose, and that's our plan. It's not elusive, and God didn't hide that book from us. It's not something that, uh, that's buried somewhere. It's, it's actually there for our discovery, and that's the beauty of discovering our purpose and our passion. Sometimes the journey is what's required to discover what's in that book. We're going to talk a little bit more about that this afternoon. Uh, the title of this is God's GPS, God's Positioning System. Now, wouldn't it be awesome if... God built a GPS system, a guidance system, a directional system that said, turn here, make a U-turn here, go over here, uh, simply to get us back on course. And when we strayed off path, maybe we walk a little bit to the left, our little GPS system would say, turn left at the next intersection and we'll be back on track. Okay. Wouldn't that be amazing? I believe that that exists. And I believe that that's what we're going to begin talking about here today. Uh, that GPS system consists of three parts. Consists of your passions, consists of your talents, your natural talents, and it consists of your spiritual gifts. All right, so we're going to spend some time talking about all three of those components today because when we put those components together, they actually create something beautiful and absolutely something that we can point to. All right, let's put up slide two, please. So on your index cards, please grab a pen. And I'd like for you to draw the diagram that you see behind me right now. All right, so we see at the top, we see the word passions. So just write passions out. Okay, then on the left, I'd like for you to write natural talents. On the right, or on the, yep, on the right, you're going to do spiritual gifts. Just somewhere at the top. They don't have to be angled like I have them, but, uh, but somewhere up at the top. So... Next thing I'd like for us to do, after we write those three items, is then follow the diagram on my next slide. And this next slide has three arrows intersecting down at the bottom. All right, so let's draw those three arrows, and we'll create an intersecting section down there at the bottom of the page. So what's happening now is we're identifying, number one, we have spiritual gifts, number one, we have talents, and we have, number two, we have talents, and number three, we have spiritual giftings. When we put all those together, they come together to form a very fine and precise, unique point. That unique and precise point represents you, represents our identity, who we are in Christ, our path and our purpose in destiny. Now at the very bottom, right below all three of those little arrows, I'd like for you to circle that little intersecting point and right underneath all of that write purpose. And as we make it through the rest of today, we're going to begin thinking about items that go into each one of those categories. So as we begin talking about our passions, I want you to think about what are my passions in life? And I want you to begin to write them up in that section. All right? Then we're going to move on. We're going to talk about talents. And I want you to write your talents, your natural talents, things you're good at, up in that section. And then your spiritual gifts. You may not know what these are. But if you know what they are, we're going to write those over there as well. And then 
those are all going to point down to your purpose, and we're going to follow this uh, a little bit later this, this, this morning with another activity. Okay, so let's move on from there. Uh, let's talk about our passions, all right? What do we joy thinking about? How do we discover our passions? Well, think about for a moment and step back. What, do, what brings joy to your life? What do we think about when we go to bed in the, mor- in, the mor- in the evening? What do we think about when we wake up? What about when we are taking a break at work? What do we wish that we were doing instead of maybe drinking coffee in the break room or, or dreaming of the beach, okay? What are those things that drive our motivations? Think about those things. Then take a closer look. Those things that are coming to your mind are more than just daydreams. They're more than just wishes and, uh, and, and fanciful ideas. Those are God-given directions that God wants us to pay attention to. Some of them may be dreams of vacation, uh, the beach, and that's okay. Uh, that's, that's perfectly normal. I'm thinking about the long-term effects of our daydreams. What do we wish that we were doing with our lives? And begin to look at those a little bit more closely. If you have a hard time thinking about the direction or the purpose or the passion, uh, maybe it's because at some point in our life we put those down because they were unattainable. Okay? This is absolutely what, what we t- typically do when we grow up. Uh, as a child, we want to be a firefighter. We want to be, uh, be a princess. We want to be a ballerina. Uh, but as we grow older, those things tend to fade away because maybe they're too hard to do or we're not encouraged enough or, uh, or bigger things, responsibilities just happen and, and I, I can't do that. Obstacles get in the way. Uh, what I want to tell you right now is go back to those things. Pick them up. Look at those things once again because, because a lot of times those passions and those things that were driving you as a child are things that are now a part of who you are in your adult life. They may look different. And they may not be exactly the same, but they are a part of who you are. Find out how they integrate with your current life. Find out by asking the Lord and developing that relationship. Desires. God gives us desires of our hearts. It says in Psalms 37, verses 3 through 4. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So we take this, we take this from several different angles. And this could mean, uh, number one, this is how I typically hear it, where people say uh, that if I have a dream and I have a desire, I'm going to develop a relationship with the Lord, and he will fulfill that desire in my life. How about this? That God plants the desires in you because you're the only one who can accomplish those things. Okay. I have a quick example. Uh, there were some of you know my, my story uh, from traveling to Russia on a missions trip. But how that happened and how I got to that, uh, that particular mission trip uh, was somewhat of a divine desire. Have you ever had God give you a divine desire? In other words, he changed your mind and you woke up one morning and you're like, wow, I really hated that yesterday. Now I like it. Has that ever happened to you? Okay, well, this happened to me. There was a, uh, this is going back back in 1995, 94, 95, and uh, a church that I was attending was planning a mission trip to Russia, and I stood up in front of my pastor, in front of my worship leader, and I said, I will never do that. I will never, go. I have no desire to do this, okay? So, so, so I was voicing my desire to not do this, okay? Well, I'm here to tell you that God's desires overrule my desires. And it took three days. And in the span of three days, 
at the end of this time period, I want nothing more than to go to Russia and to spend the time in that country doing that. And this is something that I didn't do. Uh, I vehemently did not want to do this in the beginning. Uh, but God changed my desire, and that completely changed my life and showed me that sometimes those divine desires changes are actually for the better. My life will never be the same uh, because of that. Can any of you look back on your life and, uh, and see where God has divinely changed your desires? Okay. Those things are notable. They are worth writing down because those are the things that will have, end up pointing to your purpose because they're needed to accomplish your purpose. God needed me to do that so that I could be where I am today. So it stands to reason that if God created us, then he created those desires. And failure to understand this is one of the things that hinder us from discovering our purpose. Our imaginations are given to us by God as a way for us to see what our passions may be someday. All right, so often we write off our imaginations. Don't write off your imaginations. Operating in a mature walk with the Lord means looking at the whole picture. Our passions, our talents, our spiritual gifts paints a whole picture of who we are. Often we, we step back and, and we say, I have a passion for the nations, or I have a passion for picket. And often we let that drive when only that's, that's one of the several components in our pet purpose. Identify the whole picture, because often we can be misguided if all we run off is our passions. Let's take a look real quick. So if we look at, uh, what did we look at as a child? I like to reference several actors, sometimes athletes, uh, but take a look quick at Michael Jordan. I like Michael Jordan uh, because he is known as one of the world's greatest athletes. Some would argue the world's greatest athlete. In the basketball, he is the world's greatest athlete. I think uh, there's, there's little controversy there. However, did you know that he was kicked out of his high school basketball team for being too short? Okay. <laughs> but only several years later, he won the Olympic gold medal in 1984 at the age of 19. So what, I, what I'm bringing out here is that he did not allow defeatism to set in. He did not allow hope deferred to set in. He had a mindset. He had a goal. He had a passion. He could see the future. And his future was, was to be an NBA star. And he did not let opposition or being kicked off of a basketball team get in his way. And what I'm trying to say here is that those of us who faced opposition, those of us who put our dreams down because we were kicked off the basketball team, because we were told we're too short or, uh, or we're too whatever. Those are eyes, lies of the enemy that have planted and taken root and they need to be uprooted and discarded. Often, passions don't surface until later on in life. So it's okay if, if those things as a child, um, I mean, not everybody is gonna grow up to be a princess or a queen Okay, They're, those are things that'll be part of who you are, all right? But a lot of times your passions and your purpose and your desire won't serve us until later in life. When, number one, we're able to understand them. Number two, we're able to have the ability to handle them. God will not reveal your purpose until you can understand it and you can handle it in your own mind. All right, often we look at, uh, if God, it, I'll tell you something, if uh, back in 96, 95, when I went to Russia, if, if I knew what I'd be doing today, uh, I would have run as far as I could the other direction. I'm telling you, I wasn't ready to handle it. I could not have handled it. I'd be in some place completely different because I couldn't see that vision 
for me. It wasn't who I was. Next thing we need to do as we're identifying our passions is check them against a motivational filter. Our passions must operate from a pure motive. If our motive, number one, is to further the kingdom of God through our purpose, that's God's motive. God's kingdom must be established, must be uh, transformed. It must be part of who we are. And if we're operating in our purpose, God's kingdom will win and we'll end up furthering the kingdom of God. However, if your motivation is to benefit you, to make lots of money, uh, to have a yacht, go on cruises, uh, well then maybe those things aren't bad. Those things are good things, but if that's our primary motivation, we need to gut check. Take that motivation check and see, what am I doing this for? Now maybe my motivation is uh, I need to do what I need to do to take care of my family. I need to make more money and go to school so that I can make tons of money so that I can have a huge family and I can raise a godly family. But in, in return, I'm going to make a lot of money so that I can have a yacht, I can have a cruise, and I can do all those great things too. So those aren't things that are wrong. But what's my motivation? My family, the kingdom of God, building the kingdom of God should be our motivation. Our motivation should always be to delight yourself in the Lord. Then your desires will become his desires. So we talk about God putting desires in us, divine desires within us. Well, here's the thing. If our relationship with God is right and we are operating properly with our relationship, our desires are going to line up. He doesn't have to divinely impact us, bam, and change our desires. It'll be there and we'll understand that. So how do we do that? It's all about relationship. We begin by cultivating a relationship with the Lord. All right, I, you've, heard it, you've heard it a thousand times from every church that you've ever been to. We need to read the word. You need to spend time with our Lord. Did you ever ask, why are we here? I think every, every child asks that at some point. Every adult asks this question, why are we here? Why am I here? This is a question we should be asking. But if we're asking each other, we're asking the wrong people. We're asking the Holy Spirit, we're asking the Lord, we're asking in prayer, why am I here? That's the question, that's the hard question that we need to ask the Lord and then wait for a response. And that's why I'm here today is to talk to you about how to identify your passions, talents, and gifts. Once we identify those passions, we make sure that they are aligned with God's passion for our life, with his kingdom. Does this further God's kingdom? For example, uh, I never would have known several years ago that one of my specialties is teaching, is speaking. And this is what I do for a living. 10 years, well, let's say 15 years ago now, uh, this is something that wasn't even on my radar. Uh, it just so happened that I discovered this via a promotion that probably shouldn't have happened at work. And, uh, and somebody took a chance on me. And I developed this gift, I developed this talent that I had and realized the gift that was behind it. And, and from there, uh, began to craft my passion, craft my purpose in life. And, uh, and without that promotion, without that random promotion, uh, I would never be here right now. Okay, So God put that passion in me as a result of uh, just a relationship with him. Okay. Now, on your little index cards, as I'm talking, and I'm talking about passions, resurrecting things in our life, I'd like for you to get your index cards out and just jot down, what are your passions? What drives you 
What drove you as a child? What drove you as a teenager? What drives you now? Here's the thing about this. Uh, No matter where we are in life, some of us might say, I'm too old. I've been through it too much. Uh, I don't have enough time left. Well, that's a lie of the enemy. I'll tell you that right now. Here's the thing. God can accomplish the same result from wherever you start in life and accomplish the same result with the same amount of power had you started it when you were young. Remember, God's outside of all time and space. He will accomplish in you what he set out to purpose. All right, we just read that in Isaiah. No one can thwart him. Well, no one except for maybe us by not accepting it. So pick it up. Let's talk about talents. Our talents, natural talents, these are the things that we're good at naturally. Have you ever been good at something when everybody else around you seemed to struggle just a little bit to keep up with you? And we just thought, I'm just that good. (laughs) Not so. Maybe those things are natural talents that God gave you for the purpose of mixing together with your passion and mixing together with your spiritual gifts just to create a unique you. Are there things you do for an enjoyment that that you are currently holding back on further exploration. For example, let's say you love to cook. Let's say you love the nations, but you're unsure about how all that fits, so maybe you just do it as a hobby. Maybe you just do it for friends and family. Maybe you take occasional trips, but you're not sure about how it fits. Maybe you've got a little bit of trepidation and you're not quite sure. You might say things like, I love doing this thing as a hobby, but if I were to do it full time, I don't know that I would like it anymore. Okay, that very well may be true. My example in that situation is very my own life. I, uh, as, a, as a teacher at work, full-time, uh, I ended up moving into the IT administrator role, and I did uh, IT administration for several years. Well, in that role, I love tinkering with computers and technology and, and network systems and all the integration and design. But I discovered very quickly that I love doing that as a hobby and not necessarily as my job. But here, let me tell you one thing. By moving into that role, that was a divinely God-ordained role. Okay, It's a hobby that I enjoy doing, but God put me in that position. He took me out of a trainer role for a season and put me in that position. And, And while I was there, I saw so much ministry with people in my office that I would have missed had I not been in that role. All right, God turned something I love to do into an opportunity to serve people. And I can look back now on that role, that three years as an IT administrator for, for Southern Colorado. And I can, I can look at the faces of all the people that I interacted with. And I can say that God touched them. Through me, I didn't have anything to do with it other than stepping into a role. But God touched those people. And I can see their faces in my mind right now. And I can say that I'm, I did my job. I did what God put me there to do. And when that time was over, I was literally yanked out of that position and thrown right back into my training role, almost divinely. And now I'm, now I'm back doing my training role. Okay, so God didn't take me out of my purpose. He just massaged it a little bit to fit his purpose. And now he's putting me right back where he needs me to be in his purpose. All the while in his purpose. So flexibility is key. Carmen, what's your saying? Come on, blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. 
<laughs> if I had a problem with all of that flexing that God did, I'd be bent out of shape, okay? But I understood the divine nature of what God was doing, even going into that role. I saw how it happened. Uh, what it took for me to get into that role was a miraculous thing, uh, a story for another time. So we talk about talents. Well, I've got natural talents. We've all got natural talents. So don't try and tell me that you can't sit there and think of a natural talent. I hear this from people so often. When I ask them, what are you good at? I'm like, well, I don't know. Well, yes, you know. <laughs> Can you cook? Are you good at basketball? Can you kick a soccer ball around? Can you write letters? Can you write stories? Can you talk to people? Uh, you are good at something. Identify those somethings and write them down. This is what that section on your card is for. Begin to write down your talents, those things that you're naturally good at. Begin to write those down. Pinpoint your natural talents. Are there certain areas where you excel in your work, at your office? All right, you might, listen, your office is a perfect place to discover your talents because you're there most of the time. Every day you're in your office. What are you good at there? What do people come to you for? When you're not there, what are you really good at? What do you do in your spare time, your hobbies? Use those items. They're worth noting because talents are often revealed this way. Now we're going to talk about the, talent, uh, the connection between our talents and our purpose. So we're making connections now. So are you a, uh, are you a talented construction worker? Well, if you're maybe looking at doing construction, maybe you love to do that, well, maybe Habitat for Humanity could be an outlet for you. Okay, I'm just drawing examples right now because I want to get us thinking in a certain way. We take our passions in life. We take our talents and we put them together and what does it equal? It's painting a picture of who we are. All right, now let's talk about our gifts. Our spiritual gifts are the third component in our toolbox. So now what we're doing is we're building a toolbox. Think of all of these items inside of a tackle box. And when you open that tackle box, you look inside and what do we see? We see all my talents, we see all my gifts, and we see all my passions. Well, the tackle box is, is your purpose. So if you, saw, if you saw somebody walking down the road, just wearing street clothes, somebody like me, would you be able to tell what they do for a living? Probably not. Okay, but if you saw a plumber walking down the street, carrying pipes, he's got, you know, the, the bags that carry things, on, you know, and he's wearing white or whatever, you know, whatever they wear, driving a plumber truck, you'd be able to tell what he does for a living, Correct. All right, now what if that same guy in street clothes was walking down the road and he was carrying a toolbox? And if you looked in that toolbox, could you guess what he does for a living? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you'd get really close, okay? Now the idea here is that our gifts, our talents, and our passions are part of our toolbox. Our job is to look inside and figure out what they mean. So, so we've got, oh, let's say we've got a... For instance, in your toolbox, you might have a pair of ballet slippers. You might have some leg warmers, and you might have a copy of Swan Lake. <laughs> What's this person going to be? Probably a ballerina, all right? Some sort of a dancer, okay? These are just examples. Now, let's, uh, let's take it down to our level. Now, let's say that you have a passion for helping people. You want to see people healed, restored, transformed, set free. 
You have a talent for listening to people, for counseling people, for observing people, for communicating with people. And you have spiritual gifts of wisdom and discernment. What might something like that turn out to be? How about maybe a counselor? Maybe a volunteer for crisis centers? Maybe somebody who helps people in some way? All right, so what we're doing now is we're taking those talents, those passions, and those gifts, and we're making them into something that's, that's vibrant, that's real, that can actually go somewhere. But if all we did was followed the passion, we may not ever get there because our passion is helping people. So maybe we would just volunteer for every soup kitchen we found, all right, which is a good thing, but it's not in line with God's purpose for our life. Adding our talents and adding our gifts actually provides some purpose for our life. So on the back side of your index card, we'll put up the final slide, slide five. I'd like for you to jot this diagram down, please. Passions, talents, and gifts. And in the, va- the very bottom row should be an equal sign where you're going to actually draw or write down what are your passions in life? What are your talents? And what are your gifts? Then, at the helicopter view, I want you to pull back. Put that card down, step back for just a second, and then imagine that you're not looking at your own life. All right, because it's really hard for us to look at ourselves and be objective in this way. So you're looking at, you're looking at a toolbox right now. It just happens to be your toolbox. And step back, what do all of those things work out to? I've got a talent for speaking. I love people. I've got gifts of, uh, of teaching, of prophecy, of administration, of discernment. Okay, what are all these things come together as? Well, I'm a teacher, but I teach corporately, and I teach in the ministry. Okay, so that works for me. What does it work out to for you? So, so as I wrap this up, and I talk about spiritual gifts, if you don't know what your gifts are, take a gifts test. Talk to your family. Talk to your pastor. Talk to your church leadership. Discover what your spiritual gifts are, because they are a component. They are a large component of your purpose in life. Without them, your toolbox is not complete. Okay? Get into your toolbox. For some of us, that toolbox looks like a junk drawer at home. Okay? We all have a junk drawer at home. And when you go into that drawer and you look around, it's full of junk. But then you just start digging through that drawer, and then all of a sudden at the back you find something, and you're like, oh, hey, that's cool. I haven't used that in a while. And you pull it out, and it's, it's all cool, and you're using it. Well, my point is don't do that with your spiritual gifts. Don't do that with your talents and with your passions. They're, the toolbox is not to be closed and locked. It's to be open and used. It's just like, just like when you're a carpenter and you're always pulling that tool out of the box and you're always, always, always using it and it's getting worn and it's getting used and it's got character. Okay, you're building character the more you use your tools. So I would encourage you, build character by using your tools. Pull them out of the box. Discover your talents. Discover your passions and, and discover your gifts. The gifts is one of those things that we typically don't add to the equation because we don't always know what it is. Take a gifts test. Uh, I have some available. I can make them available through Antioch, uh, but I would encourage you to take those gifts tests. All right, so now as you step back and you look at who you are, your life is going to change because all of a sudden, your purpose becomes clear. Your path becomes clear. And in Isaiah, 
as I find it. I've got one more verse, and then I'll let us go. Isaiah 30, chapter 21 and 22. Uh, If we could go there, please, and I'll wrap up with this. Isaiah 30, 21 and 22. So we've developed our toolbox. We've got our passions, our talents, and our gifts. We look in that box and we see this. It says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So I would encourage you, discover your gifts, discover your passions, and then listen. Because the Lord will be that GPS system in your ear, guiding you every step of the way. Thank you.